What's up, everybody? It's a beautiful Thursday. Very, very nice. Lots of leaves still on the trees, I must say, uh, around here. Um, a few of them blowing down today, but it's just a sunny day. I mean, you can smell like the fall in the air, but it's it's sunny and 66 here, so it's not a bad day out here on the deck. Um, I got to say, with the tooth update, the final tooth update, um, I'm feeling pretty good. I uh, got a good workout in at work today. Um, no toothaches, but I had the energy back. You know, it wasn't sucking the life out of me trying to heal. Um, so <clears throat> that was good. Um, yeah, you know what? Yesterday we kind of like dipped into something interesting. I mean, we could spend the entire off season debating whether Diego Castillo sucks or debating whether. Um, Crosby, Stills, and Nash sucks, you know, or, or they're underrated or overrated. But there's actually some interesting things going on in baseball right now we could talk about. Um, such as, you know, the Braves actually won that game le- last night with basically a bullpen game. They had an opener, and then somebody pitched three innings, and then they just kind of divided it out the rest of the way. So they went to what they were doing, you know, like averaging five pitchers a game, uh, but not doing it every batter like um, the Yankees and Red Sox used to do and before they made that rule you know because the games were getting too long Um, but you know what teams like um, Tampa Bay and maybe that is the team um, they're always ahead of the curve you know they always seem to find what the next way to um, exploit you know maybe getting better value out of your players so we kind of talked about like in the 1950s in 1960s, um, you had like one or two pitchers a game. Your guy might go a complete game. If not, you know, somebody comes up for mop-up duty, you know, and pitches the rest of the game. Um, but we didn't have like closers, set-up guys, seventh-inning guys, sixth-inning guys, left-handed specialists. You know, we didn't really have much of that stuff yet. Um, that is something that developed over the course of really 30 years um, from the 70s, 80s, and 90s and beyond, you know. But um, one thing that has been going away uh, is complete games. So I, I actually have in my fantasy league, um, you know, complete game shutouts. And since I've been in that league, you know, like 15 years or something like that, every year there's less complete game shutouts, you know. Um, obviously this year teams were trying to... Um, save the arms of their pitchers um, because you don't like to go from 60 innings to um, 200 innings with a pitcher um, because, you know, they get gassed, they get hurt. There was a ton of injuries in pitching this year. Um, So, you know, some people were getting on Derek Shelton. I mean, I'm not saying that the guy is a good manager. You know, he's probably not. But people were getting on him by, um, oh, for taking out pitchers too early. You know, there was even a game where I got kind of pissed at him for taking out Brubaker too early. Um, But then, you know, look what happened to Brubaker. You know, he completely ran out of gas. Um, And you can't really complain about, you know, him taking guys out early on pitch counts in the year after the pandemic. Um, I'm certainly not defending that guy. You know, I'm just saying that that, you know, like some of the things he does, like starts, somebody will go four for four, right? And then he'll bench him the next day. So he does stuff that doesn't make any sense. 
things that other managers don't do because other managers recognize that sometimes guys have the hot hand and you just got to roll with their hot hand, you know, uh, until they're in a slump, you know, maybe they get a day off. But, um, you know, he's not very smart when it comes to that stuff. But uh, one thing about pitch counts is, you know, you have um, you have your five starting pitchers, you know, they're on pitch counts and maybe they go five or six innings a game. If you, your better pitchers will go seven innings a game, and then you bring in your, um, you know, your relievers that are your seventh inning guy, eighth inning guy, ninth inning guy. Um, but you know, it's we keep moving for, further and further to like more usage out of our bullpen, uh, and this started in Tampa Bay, which I mentioned this year. Um, they only had their starters go like four or five innings in the second half of the year because they were really good at just finding guys that could pitch well out of the bullpen um, sometimes they would draft a guy out of college and just throw him right in the bullpen like I said as long as he's throwing hard and throws strikes you know they didn't mind doing that on occasion because you know Tampa Bay takes chances and basically it's worked out for them you know they're in a division with the Yankees the Red Sox the Blue Jays um, yeah they have Baltimore um, but all the rest of those teams are really good, you know? So they've been able to actually win that division quite a few times over the last few years, you know? Uh, or at least be like the highest wild card team or whatever. Um, on a very small payroll. Their payroll probably climbed from like the 40s to the 50s to the 60s. They kind of top out in the 70s or 80s, you know? Um, but still, they're able to win. And... uh if we sort of go by this idea that, um, you know, kind of another thing we mentioned yesterday is teams don't like their starting pitchers to face the lineup a third time around, especially when the starting pitchers are the guys that are on the Pirates, right? Like uh, Mitch Keller or like anybody pretty much in the Pirates rotation. Um, so we had talked about, you know, what if you paired guys up and uh, had them each? You planned on each of them pitching three or four innings. You could have a six-man rotation and just have everybody pitch, you know, half a game. And then, of course, you got your mop-up duty guys and your closers. Um, and then you could have them pitch every three days. And I wouldn't bet against this eventually happening. But especially if you have a team like the Pirates, you know, if they had a, a pair of balls... You know, which I doubt they would be. They probably would be afraid to try something new. But you could pair up, like we said, guys like um, guys like Mike Burrows and uh, and Mladinsky, who are roommates. You know, who have come through the system together. You could pair those guys up. You could pair up guys like Roanzi Contreras and let's say Bryce Wilson, and then you could pair up, you know, some of your crappy guys uh, as well. You know, including Mitch Keller. And you could have those guys pitch every three days, and then they don't have to have like a side day, you know, like a bullpen session. And then um, maybe if Roanzi goes the first three innings on Tuesday, uh, maybe then you have Bryce Wilson go the first four innings. So you take turns like starting them or whatever. But it would actually, um, it would keep you from spending a shit ton of money on trying to find a starting pitcher that's going to go seven or eight innings, you know trying to line up those starting pitchers for your playoffs. Um, it would also possibly 
um, save the arms of your pitchers. Um, but one thing it would definitely do is it would keep your starting pitchers from having to go through the lineup a third time around, you know? And like we said yesterday, we, you could have guys that are literally taking the train between Altoona and Pittsburgh. Um, you know, you just keep sending them down. You bring them up here and there, you know, for a cup of coffee or whatever. But uh, you could be very creative when you have a deep set of arms like the Pittsburgh Pirates, but not a particularly good set of arms. You know, and you're in no hurry. Your ownership's in no hurry to spend any money on a good arm. And good arms are expensive anyway. You know, even if you trade for one, they're expensive, you know. So, I mean, this could be a way that they could sort of follow some of the things that are going on with other teams in Major League Baseball. And have like, you know, you could either have more bullpen days or eventually you could go to where you're just doing this thing. You know, you're pairing up guys um, to pitch three or four innings a game. And, um, yeah, I mean, like I said, we know the pitchers aren't good, you know. We know that if um, Mitch Keller goes into the fifth inning and he's been okay for the first four, he's probably not going to be okay for the fifth and sixth, you know. Um, that's just who Mitch Keller is. Um, that's who a lot of these guys are in the rotation. You know, Brubaker, um, you name it. You know, pretty much anybody in there. So if we could find a way to be creative with, our, with the depth we have in the system, you know, you could potentially win more games next year. Um, because I don't think that they're going to sign guys to win more games, you know. I don't think they're going to take on salary by making a trade, you know, to win more games. Um, so you would have to be creative if you actually want to win more games, you know. You can't count on somebody like O'Neill Cruz, you know, carrying your team next year because we don't know what he's going to be. You know, he's, he's probably going to um, swing and miss a lot. Pitchers are going to see what his weaknesses are. You know, then he's going to have to make adjustments. So you can't count on him doing much in his first couple years. Um, and that's going to be growing pains that, that all these hitters go through, you know. So that is what it is, right? I mean, it's a potentially um, difference-making move. Um, and then the other thing we know that we have to make up is somehow we got to make up the home runs because home runs win games. Um, you, need, you need games where you have three-run home runs, you know, um, and maybe a couple of them. So in that case, especially with our pitching, maybe you need a couple of them, you know. And somehow we got to find a way to get the team up from 120 home runs to 240 home runs without spending any money. And so far, you know, the best ideas we have are O'Neill Cruz and Mason Martin. You know, we know that those guys are tagged for your know, like your three and four hitter. Um, we don't know if they're going to be successful, um, but they're our best shot, you know, at being successful as a power hitter. And then you have other guys that have hit 20 home runs in the minors, like um, like your Matthew Frazier's, you know. We got a few of those guys, you know. And then we might even get, like, um, some of these reclamation projects, like um, Chavis, you know. Uh, he might be able to hit 20 to 25 home runs um, as a DH or as a second baseman or wherever you end up going to throw that guy, you know. 
if he makes it to the major leagues. You know, or maybe you have like a junk guy that you got on a trade like Diego Castillo. He seems like maybe he's developing a little bit of power. So we got a lot of names and we have a lot of possibilities of guys who could potentially hit for power. You know, even somebody like Cal Mitchell could wake up and and start hitting for power one day. Or, um, you know, any of these guys, Suwinski, you know, at one point somebody thought of him as maybe he could be a power guy, you know. Um, So that's the big things we got to do, you know. We have to have better pitching because right now we're scoring the least runs and we're giving up the most runs in the league. So it's two things you got to work on. And it's the Pittsburgh Pirates, so you got to work on it without spending any money, you know. So we've been able to build up a, um, a deep system, a depth in our system. And then we just got to find a way to utilize the depth in that system. Uh, and as we talked about, you know, we don't know how much of that depth we're going to lose. Uh, I think the Yankees lost three players last year. Um, we tend to overrate our prospects, but some guys tend to think that we could lose three or four guys in the Rule 5 draft. And if it's guys like Sawinski and Cal Mitchell, you know, does it really matter? You know, because we got a bunch of guys like that. Um, you know, and you, could be, and you could potentially pick up a couple good players in the Rule 5 draft, you know. If you're losing a reliever like a De Los Santos or even someone like Omar Cruz... Uh, who is seems to be a nice player, you know, but it's not like we're going to necessarily miss that guy, even though we had some really bad pitchers, too. I mean, we could get rid of at least like seven or eight of those starting pitchers that were in Altoona last year. Certainly the ones like James Marvel um, or, you know, just these guys were so bad. Certainly some of these guys like Cody Ponce, you know, that we had in AAA. Um and there were guys that were even worse than those dudes. They, they're like the better half of the ones we had in, in Altoona. Or I'm sorry, they were in Indy. The guys in Altoona, we know that we're terrible, you know, because we had some injuries and we were throwing guys out there that weren't very good. You know, and that's mainly why Altoona didn't make the playoffs because the pitching was horrendous, you know. And then, and then we had some good pitchers. And these are the guys that we're looking at. You know, we think that there's a pretty good chance that um, Michael Burroughs is going to be a good major league pitcher. We think that there's an okay chance that Mladinski is going to be a decent major league pitcher. And we also think that there's at least a 50-50 chance that Quinn Priester is going to be a decent major league pitcher. Uh, At least a 50-50 chance that Rowanzi Contreras is going to be a decent major league pitcher. So we got arms. You know, we have some arms. But we don't have enough to necessarily, like, r- say that we're going to have a good one through five guys, you know. So you might have to find creative ways to split those guys up. Um, because what happens when Contreras gets hurt? You know, what happens when Burroughs gets hurt? Because those guys did get hurt, you know, this year. Mladinsky got hurt this year, you know. Pretty much everybody besides Quinn Priester got hurt. And, you know, it's just a matter of time. Like, the guy's going to have some sort of injury. Um, He's working on being a little uh, more, um, I don't know, just a little bit more, like, controlled with his pitches. You know, he had 14 strikeouts in a game. And that was was fun. It was great to look at. But um, he's got to find a way to uh, 
you know, to get outs without trying to strike everybody out. Unless he wants to be like a bullpen guy, you know. But you don't want your starters trying to strike everybody out. You want them to find other ways to get outs. And that's just the way the major leagues is, you know, especially when you don't have a lot of money like the Pittsburgh Pirates. You don't want these guys getting hurt, you know, by um, by trying to strike everybody out, you know. You, you want to have um, a select number of guys that you have to strike out. You know, if there's, if there's a runner on second and third and there's only one out, um, you need a strikeout in that situation. So you can reach back and, you know, whatever you have to do, you know, put a little extra strain on your shoulder or put a little extra strain on your elbow, you know, to twist out some kind of freaky curveball or whatever, you know, or a slider that slides a little bit more than usual. Um, But you don't want those guys doing that all the time Um, because eventually everybody gets hurt. Um, But you try to limit that, you know, as best you can. Um, But one thing that that uh, this general manager has done a good job of doing is building a lot of depth into the system. And even if we lose some of the depth, you know, even if we lose guys like Sawinski, um, we, we got a pretty good amount of depth, especially in Altoona that most guys aren't better than the next guy. You know, you're generally looking at the same guy. You know, we have like 10 elite players, uh, 10 or 11 elite players that we feel like, hey, these guys have at least a 40% shot of maybe making it in the major leagues. And then everybody else is, is like 10%. So it's a pretty big drop-off once you get past guys like Matt Frazier and Mason Martin and guys that have done it, like O'Neill Cruz, you know, and pitchers like Roanzi Contreras and the ones we just mentioned, you know, the other three that we just mentioned. And then you got a few other hitters that we really like, like Nick Gonzalez, we're certainly going to give Henry Davis the benefit of the doubt to be one of those 40 percenters. And then we're certainly going to give um, guys that have really shined at a young age, you know, like um, Andy Rodriguez, you know. So, you know, there's a lot of hope in the system. You know, it's just um, I just don't like to debate uh you know, the mediocre guys, like the 4A guys, those 10 percenters, you know, the other guys, you know, I'd rather spend time talking about like how these other guys have actually dominated, you know, and these guys are, granted, they're still only a 40% chance, you know, nobody's really more than a 40% chance. Um, Even Nick Gonzalez, you know, um, you don't know that uh, he is definitely going to be an everyday major leaguer, um, or, or if he's going to bust out. You don't know. It's way too early, really, to say for him. But, you know, he, he, actually, he certainly did better in the second half of this year than he did, you know, when he first came up, when we first drafted him. Um, he showed pop. He showed the ability to hit for average. He was walking. He was scoring runs. You know, pretty much he was, like, the most improved player between the first half of the year and the second half of the year. Um, so we're going to count on somebody like, well, we certainly think like Nick Gonzalez is someone that, you know, could be a cornerstone for this franchise because right now we only have two cornerstones. You know, we got, um, Brian Reynolds and we have, um, key Brian Hayes. And we're, we're just hoping that, you know, the management is going to spend enough money to keep those guys. So maybe you can actually buy a Jersey for your kid or for yourself, you know, maybe you can like allow yourself to really like enjoy that player 
like you can do with the Steelers, you know, with someone like Ben Roethlisberger, who has been around forever, you know, someone who you saw mature, you know, from a cocky kid that was getting in trouble a lot, you know, to a guy that's a very mature human being at this point. You know, it's, it's just fun. Like that's part of sports is getting to know these guys, you know, I mean, I've been fortunate um, just having this podcast to get a chance to sort of know some of the guys, you know, and some of the families, you know, and seeing people um, in Altoona and talking to some of the parents or the brothers or even the spouses or the parents or the mothers even of these players. Because like, I don't know, it's kind of fun to like think about it as these people are human beings, you know, like they are giving it all they got and most of them aren't going to make it. But when you see someone like with a lot of gifts who's really busting his ass and then they finally make it like um, Adam Frazier, it'd be nice to be able to keep someone like that, you know, because a lot of people liked Adam Frazier because they saw him when he was terrible. They saw him get a little better each year. And then when he finally got good, he's gone, you know, whether you like the trade or not, it's just not the way you want to run a team, you know, and that's why you have three or 4,000 people in the stands because with the Penguins, you have some guys that have been around like 10 years, right? Like cornerstone guys, you know, with the Steelers, you have some guys that have been around a really long time, even if it's like a defensive lineman or a cornerback, you know, you get to know that guy, you know, because you saw him have a big sack against the Browns. You know, you saw him have a big interception against the Ravens in a game that you had to have, you know, back when you were you and the Ravens were like the best team in the division. Uh, And the one thing the Pirates don't have other than winning and other than money, you know, and other than a backbone is you don't have players that are sticking around a long time. And that's why people are not buying into the rebuild. So the first thing you got to do, the very first thing you got to do is retain those guys and that will at least bring a little bit of confidence back from the fans that they can maybe buy a jersey or that maybe this team will be good in 2026 you know or that maybe they should take the kids to a game instead of taking taking the kids to the park or you know the circus or like a fair or something in the summer you know maybe people get back to doing that you know But you got a lot of work to do because right now the fan base is few and far between. And far between is like hanging on by a thread, you know. They're hanging on by dear life. You know, it's that scene like in um, in Pet Detective when that um, that chipmunk is hanging on by one arm, you know, and then the pet detective comes and grabs his arm just at the last second. Basically, that's it, you know. Even the guys that are hanging on, they're skeptical, you know, and you could actually bring back some of those fans that you've lost. And that's the key, not just keeping the guys that are hanging on, but bringing back those lifetime fans that remember, you know, they might remember the 70s even, or they certainly might remember 1992 and 1993, and they absolutely might remember 2012 and 2013 you know and that's what you should do if you're Ben Sherrington but I don't have any faith in this guy yet 
until he at least does that. You know what I'm saying? That's all I'm asking for. It's a beautiful day. You know, we can all enjoy days like this. But until that guy actually steps up and signs, you know, the players that we like, like Brian Reynolds and Brian Hayes, until he actually keeps those guys, we're all going to be hanging like that squirrel, you know? And we're probably going to be dropping into the depths and, like, crashing our skulls on, like, mountains, you know, a thousand feet below us. And just, like, our blood is just going to be spattering all over the place. And they'll be like, oh, what happened to him? Eh, eh Pirates fan, you know? <laughs> so that's what you got, bro. Take it easy. Have a good one. Dogs love you. We all love you. Stay happy. Don't stress out. Don't drink too much. Just have a good time with life, you know, enjoy every day. Peace.